0: Welcome back to the Big Blue in the Bronx podcast. If you haven't already, hit that like button, comment, and subscribe. Turn on post notifications so you know when live stream pops video drops. That's of course if you're on YouTube, if you're on Spotify, Podbean, a podcast. Um, please do follow the podcast twice a week. Um, obviously things will probably change up this week with the Thursday night football game. In terms of podcast dropping twice a week, it might be three times a week this week, but uh, you know, I didn't want to cram preview when we're not even out of week one yet you know so I wanted to come out of this game if we lost encouraged um if we won I wanted to come out of this game looking like a happy clam but emotions for me right now kind of look like Eeyore and Eeyore for those of you don't who don't know Is very depressed, and he's just always down in the snout. This game, the Giants were severely outplayed, severely outcoached in the second half. The first half, very competitive. They were losing at the half, but how do you come out just worse than you were in the first half? Doesn't make a lot of sense, and I'll get to something later, because I think everybody should have some sort of the blame cake here. No, this isn't, oh, it's this one's fault, it's this one's fault. No, all across the board, everybody gets a share of the blame pie. So, we're going to go into chronological events, important events, important plays, end of the game stats, Basically talk about how the defense underperformed. Uh, you know, who's to blame for this? Who does it happen under? I'm going to say don't panic at the end, luckily enough, even though I'm sounding like Eeyore right now. Um, and also, who stood out? There, There's three players to me, maybe four, maybe five, that actually stood out to me in this matchup. So uh, we'll get right to it here. So for the chronological stuff, Saquon Barkley, his first carry is a five-yard gain. Uh, uh, I, thought, I thought he looked there, but I didn't think he looked there. I thought he was a little more patient than he usually is because he usually just hits the hole, zigzags around and stuff like that. Um, but obviously, it's not unusual to see something like that once you return from a major injury as such. And I think it's only going to take time. You know, we'll see what happens in Washington this week against Atlanta the week after, but hopefully sometime soon we get the real Saquon Barkley. And he had 10 carries for 26 yards. You know, that's credit to him and the offensive line. There were some holes that, in my opinion, he didn't hit properly. And the offensive line could not run block. You know, they were probably... One of the brighter spots in this game. I'm not saying that you know, they did great. But they did better than a lot of people anticipated. And it's a step in the right direction. But it's not okay. They're all pro first ranked offensive line in the NFL. But let's keep going. So Daniel Jones takes advantage of the offsides. And throws a 42 yard dime to Darius Slayton. Um, I, I like that throw. I like the taking the chance downfield. Though it was an offside, you know, that's why the Giants probably threw it downfield. Still a great connection. Um, Kadarius Tony got his first touch and basically disappeared, which is something I really didn't like. Uh, he got his first touch, which was a jet sweep, and Von Miller pretty much just rode past Nate Solder in the tight ends, and it was a loss of six. Um, with that being said, after a... Xavier McKinney passed deflection. This is going to about two minutes left in the first quarter. Teddy B hooks up with Tim Patrick uh, for 15 yards. Dory Jackson in coverage, so a big play for them. But um, later on in the second quarter, about 13 minutes, 12 seconds left to go. Brandon Hermanis kicks a 23-yard field goal, 3 nothing Broncos from there. And something I really liked in the preseason, uh, especially the third game, just really was... It was the third game of the preseason where the starters played primarily. And in this game, too, obviously the execution wasn't there, but I like how they responded to when touchdowns were scored or when field goals were scored. Because the Giants went right down the field. Uh, Daniel Jones to Sterling Shepard on a 37 yard touchdown. We talked about, well, a lot of other people talked about, you know, how Jason Garrett's offense not. Really, yards after catch, Sterling Shepard, that was that. You know, he broke Patrick Sertain's tackle, leaped into the end zone for a touchdown. Daniel Jones, he had one bad throw, but it was still a completion. That was to Devonte Booker. That was very behind Booker, and he snagged it. So, uh, good play by Booker there. 69 yards, 5 for 5, Jones was on the drive. Um, unfortunately, the next drive was, was uh, you know, a lot of... Uh, a lot of big plays for the Broncos, and that's kind of the theme as we uh, continue to talk about this game and continue to ride into the chronological events and important events going into the latter part of the game because big chunk plays were allowed by the defense. And I have a big point to bring up about the uh, at the end, excuse me, because I don't think a lot of people are talking about it enough, to be honest. Anyway, twenty-five uh, yard pass to Noah Fant. He was just right in the middle there, Lorenzo Carter was around him, a couple other Giants were around him, James Bradbury was around him, it was zone coverage, but uh, nonetheless, a big chunk play for Noah Fant, 11-yard reception to Jerry Judy, and then Holmes tacks on the personal foul, I mean, that's just a stupid play by Darnay Holmes, I don't think he did that bad, but obviously you can't really determine that a bunch If, A, you're not watching film, B, it's a lot of zone coverage, so you have to, you know, make a distinction. Is it this guy's uh, coverage? Is it this guy's coverage? You know, is it that guy's responsibility? Whatever. Um, But that was just a stupid personal foul penalty. But uh, props to Logan Ryan. Uh, He, I think, came back into the game after he got injured. I don't know if he did. Hopefully it's not too serious. But, uh... He forced a red zone turnover. Albert Alcubuenunab, something like that. I apologize for butchering it. But he had reception. Ryan punches it out, recovers it, and, you know, Giants pick it up from there. But they don't capitalize on it. And that's the problem. You know, they ran it once. I think they ran it again and they didn't get anything. And then the third down was a stick concept. To Kyle Rudolph for like a two yard pickup and I understand that you may not want to go all deep downfield because what if the protection doesn't hold up and Daniel Jones is you know in the end zone for a safety or what if there's a holding for a safety you know I understand all those precautions but at that point in the game it's about 317 left you kind of want to get downfield so there's no short field for the Denver Broncos coming back on the offensive side of the ball But with that being said, multiple chunk plays again, in my opinion. Uh, They're not necessarily all over 20 yards. But they were still chunk plays where they were just catching up. You know, the Broncos were catching up. They ended up scoring. But some of the big plays, fourth down and two. Teddy Bridgewater to Cortland Sutton for 14 yards. Um, Let's see, Teddy Bridgewater to Jerry Judy for 17 yards. Uh, Let's see, what else? At the NYG 18, Bridgewater to Patrick for 16 yards. You know, they were taking advantage of the Giants' defense. Pat Shermer had a good game plan from what it seemed. You know, whether it's Graham's fault or the player's fault, we'll talk about it at the end. But, you know, it just was really unappetizing to see some of these chunk plays over the middle. And once again, Pat Shermer hit the nail on the head in terms of the game plan. But the Giants were ultimately taken advantage of on defense. Teddy B to Tim Patrick for the touchdown. And then you go to the third quarter. Big drive. Absolutely big drive. Um, I just want to look at something real quick. Okay. So big drive for the Broncos. Mostly passes over the middle and stuff like that. The Giants defense stops. I think it was Noah Fant. Dribble Peppers and McKinney made the tackle on Noah Fant in the stick route. At least from what I saw, it was a stick route. So he was short of the marker by just one yard. Teddy Bridgewater, he made himself and the Giants' defense made him look like Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. Xavier McKinney, this is fourth and one, by the way. Xavier McKinney should have got there. He should have tackled him. I think it was Ojolari after, misses the tackle. He checks it down to Abuenunam. Once again, I apologize for butchering the name. Blake Martinez has a tackle behind the sticks. Misses the tackle. Not only does he get the first down, Nam gets the touchdown. I threw my head. I said, how can you not tackle after that? I was, once again, I'll talk about it a lot more at the end, but I was just so frustrated with the way the defense played. Am I, you know, giving up on the season and making all these irrational comments, absolutely not, but this was not a good start, this was not a good start, and you know what, you could make takes about the offense and stuff like that, it's been the same, yeah, we all know that, but the defense, man, with the personnel you have, and there's really no excuse in my opinion, and a lot of people aren't talking about this, because they're focusing more on the offense, and you know what, that's all fine and well, but you also have to consider the defensive side of the ball, once again, We'll talk about this more at the end. But Odori Jackson was the only guy injured in the preseason for the defense that, you know, had a substantial amount of time away from the first team. You know, other than that, James Bradbury, Darnay Holmes, Logan Ryan, Julian Love, Xavier McKinney, all of them got snaps. Whether it's in practice or whether it's in the preseason game or whether it's in the joint practice, all of them got snaps on defense. And arguably... That's the side of the ball that has the most continuity. So, once again, I was just very irritated with that. I really was. Um, So the Giants don't do anything on the next drive. That was kind of, you know, what I just said. Meaning, what I just said kind of contradicted what I said about the field goal earlier. That the Giants responded well. But it was another touchdown or field goal that they responded well to. I'm pretty sure it it was something. It was something. I'll I'll get to it in just a couple of minutes, whatever. Anyway, the next drive. Another play that pissed me off. And it wasn't even a touchdown. Adoree Jackson and Xavier McKinney miscommunicate. KJ Hamler left wide open in the middle of the field. You ever seen the play where Julio Jones drops it in the end zone? You ever see the play where Javon Wims drops it in the end zone? that's that play he dropped it wide open in the end zone it should have been like 24 to 7 at that point but he dropped it how does the defense screw up that bad a lot of people are pointing to mckinney mckinney should have had it then you know this ain't just oh kj hamler you know he's a good receiver they have other good receivers what the fuck so that really pissed me off but i'm pretty sure they stopped him there um with that being said i just want to go over real quickly uh, if I'm not mistaken, it could have been. Could have been two separate drives. But I'm pretty sure it wasn't. If it was, oh well. But Aziz Ojalari, he did record his first sack. His first career sack. Um, You know, I didn't really see much pass rush throughout the game, I'm going to be honest with you. But, you know, good for him. He got to the quarterback the first time. So, shout-outs to him. Um, also... I don't know the status of the injury, but prayers out to Jerry Judy. He sprained his ankle on a 20-yard pass play that was almost a fumble. Once again, Logan Ryan or Dribble Peppers or James Bradbury knocked it out. But, you know, he sprained his ankle, was carted off. So, uh, shout-outs to him, man. Hope he's doing well. Hope he, you know, gets back sometime soon. Um, With that being said, after either that drive – I think it was after that drive and – Um, I'm pretty sure that was actually the same drive. Honestly, the amount of anger that I have and the amount of Eeyore emotions that I have is really fogging with the research I I did. Excuse me. But um, I'm pretty sure it was either the same drive or a different drive that was with the Judy catch and the Obuwenunab touchdown, whatever. So the Giants, later on, with about 6.48 left to go, they start their own drive. A couple of nice plays. Sterling Shepard, a uh, 15-yard reception. 20-yard uh, reception for Sterling Shepard, a Darius Slayton catch for eight yards, which was a comeback route. Uh, then they had Saquon Barkley run it three yards first down. Everyone was pushing. That was uh, that was cool to see. <sighs> Daniel Jones, man, I was on your train last year and I still am, but you cannot fumble in the red zone when this team struggles in the red zone. We can blame Garrett and all these other components of the offense but you cannot fumble and not slide you gotta slide you learned that the next drive I'm pretty sure when Justin Simmons hit you and Nick Gates got up in his face because he thinks he didn't do anything wrong but you should have slid it was what let's see I'm pretty sure it was a it was a it was first well I mean he ran for a first down but it was third and two so yeah I know you're getting more yards by that But you only needed two yards. You only needed two. So, and and also as well, if you get a touchdown out of that, fine. Which obviously, once again, it was a wasted opportunity. But that keeps the drive going. You know, what was the one thing that stood out? Obviously, the offense was trash. But also to note, the defense was on the field for like 35 minutes. And you saw that... The Broncos' offense took a chunk away from the first quarter in terms of taking it away from the Giants. Second quarter, could be said the same thing as well, but obviously the turnovers factored into that. Third quarter, you know, big chunk. Fourth quarter, you know, not really as big because the Giants got, you know, garbage-time touchdowns and garbage-time possessions. Anyway, you cannot fumble there. You cannot. And I don't know, man. I don't know. That was very frustrating to see. I thought he was down at first because they didn't show, you know, a proper angle. But you cannot fumble there. Even when you have two hands on it like this. Can't happen. But um, Giants defense continues to get cooked on the ensuing drive. Uh, A deep pass for KJ Hamler was wide open, I'm pretty sure. You know, along the right sideline, Adoree Jackson was like the guy near him or something like that. It was either him or Logan Ryan. Um, with that being said, a couple plays later, Teddy Bridgewater scrambles right for a first down or pretty close to it, and uh, we have a penalty. Danny Shelton, unnecessary roughness. Can't happen. Uh, you know Whether it was a right call, it was a you know, good call, bad call, whatever, that cannot happen. That can't happen because the defense, you're screwing yourself with that. You know, going back to the a personal foul, going back to, you know, there was another roughing the passer penalty that happened, which actually played into something in the fourth quarter. Too many stupid mistakes, in my opinion. Too many stupid mistakes. Penalties, big factor, and also uh, just not tackling. And not covering as well over the middle. So, you know, that obviously has to do with game plan and just execution as well. But um, the Giants sacked Bridgewater again. It was credited to Austin Johnson via ESPN, but uh, I think it was actually Logan Ryan who got to him. So, shots to him. He made a lot of plays uh, for the defensive side of the ball. But the Giants nearly blew it on a 3rd and 17 screen when Melvin Gordon had a reception for 13 yards. But 13-point game from there, Brendan McManus with a field goal. Um, Going back to what I said, Daniel Jones escaped the pocket on the ensuing drive. And will Hernandez and Nick Gates get up into Justin Simmons' face because he thought he didn't do anything wrong. Oh, no, 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 please. You know what you did. You know that he was going to slide. You know you hit him. So don't play that game with me. Uh, good for Nick Gates and go, good for Will Hernandez to defend their quarterback. But uh, they went down the field and the Giants blew it fourth and goal. Didn't get anything done in the red zone. Once again, same red zone struggles by this team and it's really frustrating to see. Um, you know, with the long field there that the Broncos picked it up, the Giants, once again, stupid mistakes. Aziz Ojolari, personal foul roughing the passer. Um, do I think that rule is stupid because he touched the face? Yes, I do think it is stupid. I'm not going to lie to you there. Um, but in the NFL, you shouldn't be touching players' faces like that because even if that's not roughing the passer, an official could have called a legal hand to the face, and that's a first down automatically. So, Aziz, that's a rookie mistake. That's a rookie mistake. And it was not good timing because what happened? The next one or two plays, I think it was the next play, actually, Melvin Gordon straight up the middle with a 70-yard run for a touchdown that basically sealed the game. Uh, you know, no, nobody was doing their gaps, not setting the edge, doing that stuff. Whatever, whatever, because the game was over at that point. But uh, Giants failed to convert on downs again. Uh, Matt Parrott with another bad rep. I mean, he didn't even get off the line of scrimmage when the ball was snapped. Kenny Galladay, he did have a nice drive there. Two receptions for 30 yards. Uh, But then after Denver punts, Giants go down the field. Daniel Jones rushing touchdown in garbage time. Now you take a look at the stats. Time of possession, Denver 35-08. New York Giants 24-52. Fourth down conversions, Denver 3-for-3, Giants 1-for-3. Third down conversions, Denver 7-for-15, Giants 6-for-12. First downs, Denver 24, New York Giants 19. Uh, Daniel Jones, 22-for-37, 267 passing yards, one touchdown, two sacks. Um, Also as well, the fumble, Teddy Bridgewater 28-for-36, 264 yards, touchdowns Uh, in terms of the Giants running game as I mentioned it wasn't that great Daniel Jones was the leading rusher again going back to you know last year when we had those same struggles 20 rushes 60 yards for the running game that's three yards per carry and that's not even good Uh, in terms of allowing rushing yards the Giants were not good 5.9 yards per carry and they allowed that big Melvin Gordon touchdown which put the yards all the way up 28 carries 165 yards um, in terms of the Giants' receiving game, I thought Kenny Galladay and Sterling Shepard were the the guys there. You know, Kenny Galladay unfortunately for some reason didn't get involved until like three minutes to go or something like that. But he had four receptions for 64 yards. Sterling Shepard was the ultimate security blanket that Daniel Jones needs. Uh, he was he was absolutely beautiful in the game. Seven receptions, 113 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, In terms of leading receivers for Denver, Jerry Judy, six receptions, 72 yards. Uh, Noah Fant, six receptions, 62 yards. KJ Hamler, three receptions, 41 yards. St. Patrick, four receptions, 39 yards, and a touchdown. Also, Albert Ogwenunam had a touchdown as well. Uh, Take a look at the defensive side of the ball. Aziz Ojalary with a sack. Uh, Austin Johnson credited with the sack, but it's really Logan Ryan. In terms of tackles for loss, no one made multiple, but... But I have to admit, though it's not on the stat sheet, Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams, they were getting interior pressure. They were trying to stop the run. So that's that's a positive out of the defense. That's something I can admit there. The Giants had total six quarterback hits. Logan Ryan with one. Leonard Williams with two. Oz- Ozilo Jolari with one. Darnay Holmes with one. Uh, Austin Johnson with one as well. Uh, the Broncos, on the defensive side of the ball, obviously they played well against this Giants offense. Two quarterback hits, both by Von Miller. Nobody else really touched him. I think Jonathan Cooper was the opposite rusher, if I'm not mistaken. Um, there should have been definitely a couple of picks, but you know those don't go in the stat sheet. Kyle Fuller should have had one. There was a couple other guys that should have had one. Uh, in terms of tackles for a loss, Shelby Harris did make one. Von Miller made three tackles for loss. Draymond Jones made a tackle for a loss. So uh, you know There's that, and then Kyle Fuller with two pass deflections. Ronald Darby with one. Josie Jewell with one in terms of past deflections for the Giants. Two for Xavier McKinney and one for Donnie Holmes. Um, now we go to the takeaways. Now we go to the takeaways. Also some other stats as well. I probably remarked on most of them. But uh, Bradbury allowed six completions, seven targets, one touchdown. Lorenzo Carter had four pressures. Aziz Ojolari had three pressures. A sack and a quarterback hit. Dexter Lawrence, four hurries. Leonard Williams, two quarterback hits. And four hurries Derry Slayton had two drops in terms of pressures allowed Thomas allowed two. Hernandez allowed two. Nate Solder had Two pressures allowed in a sack uh, Jabril Peppers allowed four receptions on four targets Adoree Jackson allowed three receptions uh, on six targets and that pretty much is that from there uh, in terms of stats now, let's take a look at takeaways and this is where all of it's pretty much gonna come out for me and Here's my thing. Let's start with the defense. Patrick Graham. Now, obviously, it could be the players. It could be him. It could be someone. It could be whoever. But I'm pretty sure uh, it was Patrick Graham. And it was also the players as well. But I'm going to take it as a whole. It's a team thing. Patrick Graham, in my opinion, was under game planned. He was out coached. Or his players had no regard to the expectations. Um, multiple defensive players, missed tackles, no pressure up front. The defense, in my opinion, a lot of people are not reflecting on. And I understand. People are still talking about the Jason Garrett thing. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. But, but, this defense played extremely underwhelming and did not, in my opinion, give the offense enough chances to win. Obviously, the punts and, you know, some of these other drives where the offense didn't execute but let's see Denver only punted twice and one was in garbage time how do you give the offensive a chance like that you had guys getting beat over the middle Teddy Bridgewater looked like Lamar Jackson in there in the way he was getting out of the pocket and making throws he was comfortable it's like me with this pillow right now I'm comfortable he was comfortable in the pocket you know they didn't get to the quarterback enough in my opinion because Teddy Bridgewater you know he once again he was comfortable and they, they just kept getting beat on the back end. And it wasn't good. You know, I don't care if it's this guy, that guy, whatever. Defense as a whole. Missing tackles, especially with the Albert Aguino Nam touchdown That irritated the shit out of me. And there are games last year. There are games last year where Patrick Graham did not game plan necessarily the greatest and did not make adjustments. 49er game. Ravens game. First Eagles game Brown's game Brown's game you could argue that he didn't have Bradbury and all of his defensive pieces but for the Ravens game and the other games he had his defensive pieces and once again you could argue it was you know not great personnel but listen we kind of have to stop sugarcoating the whole Joe Judge and Patrick Graham experience a little bit I like them but definitely there were some really stupid mistakes Today by everybody and I mean everybody Um, Joe judge what was the waste of a timeout for like even when he threw that challenge flag when he pulled it out I'm like it's automatically reviewed so why are you pulling out the challenge flag you know doesn't make a lot of sense and then oh it's an emotional thing that's not necessarily a great answer to give when people are looking for answers after your team just lost very big uh, to the Denver Broncos, you know, whatever. But, oh, it was emotional. It was trying to get the ref's attention. How about you call the ref over and basically say, hey, listen, you know, what was the clarification on the call? You know, basically what happened, you know? Um, and I get it. You know, we didn't really, for say, need that timeout because we were getting our asses kicked in the fourth quarter. But what if it was a close game? You know, what if the Giants shirted up in the fourth quarter and they were down by a possession and they needed a timeout? Maybe it's like, I don't know, 20 seconds left? You only have time for like two plays. A timeout extends it to three plays maybe. So that was a very stupid thing for Joe Judge to do. I like Joe Judge, but that was very stupid and that was very dumb to do. Jason Garrett, now, once again, I'm not a big fan of him, but I will try to make light of the situation Jason Garrett obviously is the same shit as last year I thought they stretched the field just a little more just a little more um obviously they have to get Kenny Galladay involved obviously he's the 50-50 ball guy and obviously I know that Daniel Jones didn't target him all the time and that once again he was not in the game pretty much until the last two drives and that really irritated me I'm like he's catching passes now I mean, Sterling Shepard, once again, pe- catching passes throughout the whole game. But I want to see they more involved. That third and like 10, and you go for a two-yard stick to Kyle Rudolph. You know, if you're going to do that, at least go to Caden Smith. Because Kyle Rudolph, honestly, he didn't look himself. Blocking, obviously, that's for the film analysts to study. But he did not look himself in the passing game and just wasn't really good. Um, you know, once again, some of those play calls were definitely questionable that easily read, uh, reverse to Kadarius Tony loss of six. Von Miller read that easy. Like, why would you put Kadarius Toney in the game other than to do that? I think he was in the backfield once, but they didn't even use him. So that's, I don't know, man, that, that, that's some of the parts of the game that really frustrated me, but you also have to factor in the lack of offensive execution, the Daniel Jones fumble, the fourth down, uh, you know, stops in the end zone, also Jason Garrett's fault. But you know, arguably, if they score maybe one more time with that Daniel Jones fumble, so that likely gets the game. You could probably take away the uh, the uh, the garbage time touchdown with that because. You know, obviously, it would change it if Daniel Jones didn't fumble and they go into the end zone on that drive. So what I would to say with that is, you know, you change it to 14. If they score at least one or two field goals, you got 20 points. And I'm not saying, you know, this offense has to be the greatest. I'm not saying that it should be the worst, or I'm not saying that I'm fine with it right now. But I thought there were points where the offense really, um, they moved the ball well, parts of it. So don't rip me and say, oh, you thought the offense was great. No. They move the ball well at points, and I thought at different points in the game, with the way they were targeting Shepard and Galladay, if you incorporate that a little more, and the defense does its job, unlike what they did in the in the Broncos game, then that is the real ideal picture of this team. The defense wins games, but the offense scores enough points, and the defense does its job. If you get what I'm saying here, and that's kind of what the expectation was coming in this year but we'll see what happens um the running game was absolutely lackluster 60 yards which is i believe 29th 28th in the league or something like that uh Devontae booker didn't have many yards let me pull it up real quick out of my stat sheet uh Devontae booker four carry seven yards saquon barkley 10 for 26 daniel jones leading rusher six for 27 and here's what I'm going to say about that. I'm not going to necessarily say, oh, it's Jason Garrett. No. We could all blame the offense just in general. My theory as to why this 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 running game didn't get going is because they had Ben Bradison in there. Ben Bradison, in my opinion, did well in pass protection. That's no doubt. I thought the offensive line uh, looked better than some anticipated. But Ben Bradison's weakness is in the running game. You put Lemieux out there the first three drives. They didn't run in enough, in my opinion. And they had to abandon the running game early. But that Saquon five-yard carry, I thought that was also a product of Lemieux's blocking. Lemieux is a better run blocker than pass blocker. But he also didn't do too terrible in the passing game, in terms of pass blocking. Matt Parrott. And I discussed this on the hub stream last night, because, you know, he was doing collins and I decided to go on, to basically, vent. Uh, what really frustrates me about this situation with the O-line is that, A, you have Nate Soldier at right tackle. He didn't play very good. Um, but the PFF analysts really give him an average grade, which doesn't make any sense. But, but, in terms of this rotational system, I don't like it, because I feel like well, now I don't like it. I, I know I'm rambling here and just stuttering and all the doing this other shit. But if you put Lemieux in there, you put Perr in there, you let Lemieux work out his woes in the past protecting game, whatever he has left of those woes, and then he's a good run blocker, well, you're balanced on both sides of the ball. You have to get the ground game going, especially coming up against Washington this week. You have to. You can't be one-sided because they'll keep sending blitzes and they won't be scared of your running game whether it has Saquon Barkley in it or not, and when they feel that you're going to run it, they're not going to be scared. They'll be sending seven-man boxes. So, uh, Galladay, Shepard, and Thomas impressed. Thomas, he allowed two pressures. Pretty much solved the rest of the way. You could say that about most of the O-line, really, other than Solder. And Hernandez, he was shaky a little bit. Matt Parrott could say the same thing, honestly. So, Gates, Bradison, Lemieux, And Thomas, they were pretty good from what I could say. Um, But Shepard, and once again, Gala, they they were good as well. Um, Shoutouts to them. Here's my final message. You want to blame Jason Garrett. You want to blame Dave Gettleman. You want to blame Daniel Jones. That's all fine and well because it is a win now year. We have high expectations. But you know what? Get rid of Joe Judge. Get rid of Patrick Graham. You may think I'm crazy for saying this. And once again, I'm going to say, listen, don't fall off the train yet because this is one of 17 games. And I'll say that in a minute, but I have to get this part out first. We are in year two of Joe Judge. Any defensive adjustments that are bad or that aren't made, they're Patrick Graham's fault. But who do they happen under? They happen under Joe Judge. Jason Garrett, his playbook. You can argue, oh, it's conservative, this, that, and the other thing. That's all fine and well. Who does it happen under? It happens under Joe Judge. It's ran by Joe Judge. Meaning that the game plan is, you know, passed by him. It's, you know, basically brought up to his attention. He says, okay, well, that's the game plan. So, this is big time for the Giants this year. This is big time for the Giants this year. Am I falling off the train? No. Because we have a pretty good chance of winning. I would say at least... 40 to 45% on Thursday because Taylor Honeck is definitely playing. Fitzpatrick's on IR. He's going to be out for at least three weeks. Um, and also for the fact that Washington really did not play the greatest of the games. I mean, it was a close game. They lost to the Chargers, though, 20 to 16. I mean, a team that has no fans. But the point is this it's happening under Joe Judge. We have to start blaming him. We can't be sugarcoating the experience anymore. We gave the excuses in year one. Listen, it's a growing defense. Uh, they perform top 10. Uh, this offense, whatever, blah, 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 growing. This is winning time. I get the offensive line is, you know, growing and stuff like that. But arguably, going back to last year, all of the Andrew Thomas woes are could potentially being blamed on him, for lack of better words. They could also go on Joe Judge because this was happening under him. And also, to note, you know, Obviously, Mara probably put in his two cents about his buddy, Jason Garrett. But who hired him? Joe Judge did. Jason Garrett made the rest of his offensive hires, did whatever, whatever. But Joe Judge is the third man of power in this organization. The third rank, really. Because you got Mara, you got Gettleman, and you got Judge. So, And Mara's not going to step down, though he should. Because he's a boomer and he really doesn't understand what the Giants fans want but if you're gonna say it's Gettleman's fault it's Daniel Jones's fault it's gonna be Jason Garrett's fault well you gotta you gotta blame Patrick Graham and Joe Judge as well because this game as much as it was on the offense a lot of people are not talking about the fact that this was a defensive lost game because they were not they were not coming off the field on third down a lot of people are forgetting that. And I'm not defending Jason Garrett because I attacked him all last season. But. The execution on the players, especially Daniel Jones, fumbling. In key time when this offense doesn't do well. That's on Daniel Jones. The drops are on Darius Slayton. Obviously the play calls are on Jason Garrett. But. The way this defense was expected to perform, that was very underwhelming. That was very underwhelming, and I'm, I'm just still not happy about that. I really am not. But um, one positive message, do not panic and stay on the train. If you're selling your Week 18 tickets, go ahead. Sell them to someone who's actually worthy of having them. Because if you're making all sorts of these irrational comments now, well, you know what, buddy? I don't know what to do with you. And I know I just went on a tangent, basically saying, you know, this is expectation year and this that, and the other thing. But this is one of 17 games. Obviously, it's like 5% if the Giants go 0-2 or if teams go 0-2. But we have a 17th game now. So we have more time to develop. We have more time to get on a better track. Atlanta's garbage. I think that's a win in Week 3. The Saints, they may, they may be one of those teams that's good in Week 1, but shit the rest of the season. Same thing could be said for the Texans. I'm not comparing those two teams, but I'm just saying, this is the NFL, this is how things happen. Don't panic, but don't sugarcoat anything. Don't leave anything out if you're going to talk Giants. If you're talking about Jason Garrett's play calling, talk about Patrick Graham's bad game planning and his players not making the adjustments and them not you know, basically tackling and having their correct assignments. So, those are my thoughts on the game. Uh, if you haven't already, like, comment, and subscribe, post notifications, turn them on, so you know when live stream pops if it drops. Um, Boys of Big Apple, eight ten p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, I'll try to be more active on Instagram, but Twitter, obviously, you guys can follow me there. Uh, you know, we're gonna have a fun discussion tonight. Football, baseball, stuff like that. Peace out. See you later. Stay cool, everybody.